Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. <laughs> All right, ladies, let's get into this. This is a topic that I've been dealing with for the last several weeks, um, changing it up to the wife edition. We need to be the best wives that we can be, what God's called us to be. It is a calling of ours. It is a calling of ours. It's a calling when we're married to be that united forefront that, that helped me. Uh, it's a calling. You know, we don't just look at it as something like the world does. It's just something you do. It's just something that's available to you is to get married. It's not that it's just available to us. It's the way God intended for us to live. You know, he wants us to uh, be united with somebody. And marriage is so important. And, um, you know, I, I started these wife editions, and we've gone through several ones. We've gone through some on, um, thank you, Alicia. We've gone through uh, ones on honor. <coughs> we've gone through ones on what our role is. Uh, we've gone through ones on marriage after kids, how it's supposed to look. So if you're just now jumping onto these broadcasts and you didn't know I did other ones, uh, search my name and um, you'll be able to catch up on some other ones we did. Uh, when I did the kids edition, I did a, a, a broadcast on your confession, confession over your kids. What are some confessions that we can say? So I thought it would be best fitting to now let's do that over our spouse, over our husband. What are some confessions? Um, our words have power to produce change in our marriage. We know um, in Proverbs 18, 21, what is it? You know, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Uh, what we say matters. What we, we spew out of our mouths, there are seeds that are going into the ground, going into our future of what? So if there's something you don't like, let's change it today. Uh, if there's something you like, let's, you know, but we keep confessing the word. We don't back down. It's not like, oh, well, I already know stuff about healing, so I'm not even going to read about faith. I don't need to read about healing. No, it's constantly, listen, I look at it like an app that you download on your phone, right? Okay, so you might get an app on your phone and you've downloaded the information. It's not something that you are maybe using every day, but when you need it and you go to use it, you already have it downloaded, you click it, bam, it's there. And that's like what the Word of God is. We should always constantly be filling ourselves up with the different topics of the Bible. What does it say on salvation? What does it say? You know, we still have to be a witness each and every day. What does it say on love? What does the Bible say on faith and healing and, and seed time and harvest and our giving? And, you know, what does it say on peace and joy? And it's something that we always go back to do. God will show you things fresh and new every day. The Bible says in the, in, um, in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. So there's something fresh and new for you. Hey, Rose, each and every day that we are to tap into, okay? And so by using our mouth, we're going to exercise our faith in order to receive what God has promised for us and over our marriages. And if it's you're not married yet and you're watching this, all of this is stuff that you are going to apply. 
So it's great information to know what the Word of God says about certain situations because it's way better to go into a marriage prepared, right? To go into anything prepared. You go into interviews, you prepare, you prepare to take tests at school. You know, we do all this preparation for all these things out in the world, right? We're preparing for this. When we play sports, we practice, we train, we prepare, we get ready to do the event. We're preparing, you know, we're preparing for everything else. So let's not just do it for all those worldly things. Let's do it for something that's going to be near and dear to us. That's going to be our life. Because when you get married, you become one. It's a life decision. So let's prepare to have the best marriages. You know, I've been married in April. I'll be married for 16 years. and But I'm still preparing. I'm still preparing myself to be the best wife. I still pray and ask the Lord to help me in certain situations. I still have things I have to work on. I have to stop and think and be like, okay, it's not right because of course, as years go on, you get comfortable, right? And you first get married, your whole like honor system is amazing and your respect and this and that and you know, but then everyone realizes as you're around somebody, long enough and you get comfortable that guard can go down we have to train ourselves to always keep that up always keep that going always keep that you know in our marriage is respect and honor and love and putting the other person first so the more we confess the things you know we're going to go over over confessions today I, I wrote out about 12 but if we have time we'll see I'll just go through some and then I challenge you go through the Word of God say things you know if I there's something I don't touch on today say things over your life and find scripture to back it up always find scripture to back it up because the Bible talks about how his word will not return void well to get things to not return to us that we want is to not say scripture I mean we we can just say whatever we want because maybe it just makes us feel good but what we want is the Word of God to come back into our life because the Word of God is what works the Word of God is what has power right by using the Word of God that's how we're gonna see godly results right by using the Word of God so the more that we confess these things over our marriage the more we confess it, right, we believe it. It works hand in hand. It says in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 4.13, I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. So let's believe that we're going to have the best marriage. Let's believe, hey, Colleen, hey, Ashley, let's believe that we're going to have the best relationship with our spouse. Let's believe it. Let's confess it. That's what we're going to do today. Got some faith-filled confessions, some Bible verses to back it up, and we'll just talk about it, you know. Um, so the more we believe and the more we're reminded of the fruit we want to see in our marriage. So the more we confess these things, the more we believe them, then we're reminded of our um, fruit that we want to see in our marriage. doesn't matter how many years you've been married. It's, it's a process, it's a work, and it never, you never stop working for having the best marriage. You never stop working for it. Consider marriage the most valuable relationship on this side of heaven. Consider it, consider it the most valuable. So special, so brought out, you know, in Genesis when he, when he made um, 
you know, it just says, I made the animals, I made the birds, I made the sky. Poof, say it. But when he got to humans, when he got to us, it was created. It was a breath of God into the lungs. The breath of God. Then us, a piece of the man, is what started our lives when God, you know what I mean? So it, it's so vitally important to see the importance of marriage and when you come together. So consider it the most valuable relationship on this side of heaven. And we want our words to be fruit rather than poison. <coughs> we want production in our marriage. We want to produce a good marriage. Just like Jesus, he walked by the fig tree, no production, curse it, mm -mm, dead, no longer a working tree. And so we want our fruit to be uh, beautiful. We want our fruit to be prosperous. We want our marriages to get to the point, right, where it's a, it's easy. Mar marriage can be easy. Marriage can be fun. Your life is not over because you get married. The world will tell you it's over. Things change. You're not going to have that much fun. It's, it's you know, it's, a, it's just too much work. Who wants to be with the same person your whole entire life? Well, the world can shove it, and I'll take the word of God and how he wants it because when you, when you apply his word and do exactly what he says, there is no failure, there is no heartache, there is no loss. Okay, the word of God gives you the word of God so you can have peace, so you can have nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. And that doesn't just mean with other people in relationships, with healing in your body. You know, we'll, we'll focus healing so much on sickness and disease, but you know what? He looks at a marriage that's hurting. He looks at relationships that are broken as the same. They both need the word healing. They both need the word healing, okay? So we're gonna go over some faith-filled confessions so we can be the best, the best wife uh, to our husbands. And you know what? It works. If you ever heard Ted and I do a podcast on this together, I got to sneak him in here. Everyone was writing me asking him to do like a husband, <laughs> a husband edition. But it works. It works when he's a certain way. So, I mean, it's amazing. Like everyone wants to try to do something and fix the way God and the word of God intended marriage to be but if we just did it the way God said it in the right and proper order then everything would work perfectly think about it it, it talks about it like even Ted's even mentioned it in podcast when he's when he's a certain way and loving and kind and you know uh, it, it doesn't it, when when you're around someone like that then that softens you then that makes you a certain way then you're trying to outdo the other person and you're trying to be over loving and kind and and make sure they're happy and then it goes to that person and then that person's like oh they're being amazing so I want to be amazing so see it, it works right when we do it God's way so we're gonna take uh, a little bit of time here to go over some faith-filled confessions so when you go to get married you're prepared, or if you're married and just newly married, you're getting prepared. And if you've been married for 50 years, it's something that is a constant work, no matter what stage of marriage life that you're in. Okay, so 
Um, uh, Matthew 19, 4 through 6, we talk about our confession is my husband and I are one flesh and no one can tear that apart. These are ones you can write down, you can go back and write down, you can add on to. Um, but my husband and I are one flesh and no one can tear that apart. Matthew 19, 4 through 6. It says, haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied, the record that from the beginning God made them male and female and he said this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the other and the two are united into one since they are no longer two but one let no one split apart what God has joined together so look at that you become so unified that two become one and then it says, let no man split apart what God has joined together. When God has joined something together and God is in it, it's, it's going to work. Not that trials don't come your way and not that just like anything. We've got to stand up against temptation. We've got to stand up against issues that, you know, personalities and, and um, character flaws and, and attitudes that come our way. <clears throat> but we totally can. And when God's the center of it, then, um, then you know, it, it, no, nothing can tear it apart. We're going to stand unified with our husband. We're going to make sure we're on the same team, right? We're playing for the same side. Mrs. Irvin, I'm using, hey, Montanique, I'm using the new living here. I, this, this is what my Bible is, new living. Um, all right, number two, I'm a, and I, I went over this last, broadcast just this verse but I loved it so much that it's that it's Proverbs 12 4 I'm a crown for my husband's head I bring him wisdom and honor all the days of my life I love that one so much last week because you think of a crown you want to be something right something to be desired because look look what else it says another version of it says um uh, Proverbs 12, 4, a worthy wife is a crown for her husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer to his bones. Cancer to his bones. So we're going to say, I'm a crown for my husband's head. I bring him wisdom and honor all the days of my life. We're going to be something that's to be desired by our husband. We're, look at a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. We're not going to be women that are manipulated manipulators you know people who manipulate yeah it, it it's disgusting and it's evil it's evil it's like a Jezebel spirit it's evil and we know what happened to her we don't want to be cancer and we don't want to be eaten by dogs <laughs> so be something be something that is desired by your husband be that crown bring 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 him wisdom and honor all the days all the days of your life be something to be desired that he wants that he's proud of that he wants to show off um, all right let's do number three my husband and I stand together we keep God as our foundation and we operate as a team um, if you go over to Ecclesiastes 4:12, it talks about what a triple braided cord is not easily broken so together being united with Christ as the forefront, as the center, as somebody that we um, 
both go after, okay? It says that two are strong together, but three is even stronger. A triple braided cord is um, not easily broken. So, you know, some of you might be saying, hey, my husband is not on the same page as me. You know, he's not saved or I feel like I'm farther along. Just keep being that witness. Keep letting him see miracles that happen in your life. Keep letting him feel the love, God's love, God's love through you, God's love through you in your answer, God's love through you in your actions. God's love softens hearts. God's love and his miracles turn people to Christ. So you might think my husband is a hard case, but you know what? I, when I first started in ministry, I would think that with, the, um, you know, with a lot of people I would meet and then realize that there's nothing God can't do. In a moment, you're one prayer away from a miracle, okay? A miracle is what you're believing God for, no matter what the topic is, that he's got to step in and do. So don't count your husband out if he isn't on the same page, uh, you know, if he is unequally yoked and, you know, you believe one way and he'll believe another. Just keep working the mighty works of God in your life and through you. And just like somebody off the street needs to see your lifestyle living for God, your husband does as well. And the Bible talks about that. Number three uh, is my husband and I stand together, Aaron. We keep God as our foundation and we operate as a team. Hey, Jody, I love you. Um, and so that is what we're going to be like. We're going to be that triple braided cord that's not going to be easily broken. We're not going to let things come our way and let it seep into our marriage and cause ugly roots to come in. Um, let's see. I don't have these numbered, so I think this is four. I just have little dots next to them when I was doing it. Um, I submit to my husband as to the Lord. I know that is an ugly word that us women don't like to hear, especially in this world. Submit, submit, submit. Makes me less, makes me feel inferior, makes me feel like I, but that's, that's not, God does not look at us as inferior. God wants us to be strong. God has given us women. He didn't say just men get authority. We have authority in the supernatural realm. We have authority in the natural realm when, as parents, you know, in dealing with. We have authority. But with our husbands being ahead of the home, there's always the first in command. You don't run an army. You don't run um, military out there with multiple um, commanders. There's a chain. There's always going to be one higher than the other. So with the three, the triple braided cord, you have God as the head of your home. Yes, Liz. Um, and you have the God as the head of your home. Under God is your husband. And then it's you. So the word submit is not an ugly word. It's not an ugly word. The society has brainwashed so many women with this um, feminine, you know, rights. We've got our rights. We're not letting any man stomp on us and take us over. And I'm strong and I don't need a man and I'm independent. Well, look, I I'm super independent. 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm an independent person. I have to like work on that <laughs> myself because I am. I'm just an independent person. I can, I have no problem. I have no problem traveling on my own. I have no problem fixing things around the house. I'm just that independent person. But in a marriage, I have to switch that. Like I have to tell my, like listen, you know, you're married. He's the head of the home. You need him. It doesn't make me less authoritative. It doesn't make me less of a woman. It doesn't make me weak. It doesn't make me inferior. But at the end of the day, I need my husband because in order for a marriage to work, we are in unity. We are one. So I need my husband. So I submit to my husband as to the Lord. I respect him and honor him as the head of our house. <clears throat> and you can find that in Ephesians 5. 22 verses, uh, I'm sorry, 22 through verse 24. It talks about that. Will we speak in a respectful manner? The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. Okay? So we might feel like, hey, he didn't speak to me right. I'm going to lay it out for him. But then you have to remember a gentle answer turns away wrath. How long do you really want this fight to go? Because let me tell you, in marriages, there's fights that happened 20 years ago that are still going. And what, what's making them still go is things that were said, things that were never fixed, uh, an anger answer was given, and it makes ugly roots that survive and last and grow and get worse. So before, you know, you're getting ready to like lay it into your husband, <laughs> step back for a minute and be like, the Bible, the word of God, where I should receive all my instruction in life for my manual is, and it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. <clears throat> so as hard as it can be, but we have self-control, ladies, Let's give a gentle answer next time. Let's not run off and slam the door. Let's not give the cold shoulder. Let's not say, because listen, I've been there, okay? I was that girl when I first got married. Let's not shut the door, you know, give the cold shoulder and, and then say, I'm fine, right? We're fine. But are you really fine? Like, are you really fine? Because then you're throwing some shade later in the night. <laughs> so if you're fine, be fine. Don't just say it, okay? All right. Uh, one, one, two, three. I should have numbered these. Sorry, my iPad just did dots and I went with it. <laughs> we'll say next. All right. Erin's helping me. She's writing it out. Number five. All right. I'm a fountain of blessing to my husband. We rejoice in each other. I'm a fountain of blessing to my husband. We rejoice in each other. Proverbs 5, 18 and 19, okay? Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. So we are a fountain of blessing to our husbands. We are. You know, I, I, I'm going to get into the next one which talks about um, sex for a second, but we are to rejoice in each other. We are to 
hold each other up. We are to, you know, I'm crazy about Ted just as much as he's crazy about me. I want him just as much as he wants me. But we have to be that for each other. If you go up a few verses, it says in Proverbs 5, and here's a prescription for wandering eyes, a prescription to stay glued on each other is... Uh, verse 15, drink water from your own well, share your love only with your wife. So that's it. Drinking from one well, ladies, (laughs) drinking from one well. So we're going to be a fountain of blessing to our husbands and we rejoice in each other. So then I'm going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 1. 1 Corinthians 7, 1. And of course, Always when I'm on the spot, I'm like, ah, where's my books of the Bible? First uh, Corinthians 7, 1. And our confession is, I will fulfill my husband's sexual needs, laying down my rights to what I feel or don't feel like doing. All right, ladies, let's talk. Let's light up a chair, grab a cup of tea, got a cookie, crumpet. All right, let's talk about this for a second. 1 Corinthians 7, 1. Now regarding the questions you asked in your letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but we're going to talk about when it is good to um, withstand. Because there's so much sexual immorality. Each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. So, hey, you're married. This is the time. It's not a sin. Okay, go for it. Go for it. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority. Okay, you become one. Once again, your husband is ahead of the home. You become one. So by saying I do in becoming wife, It says the wife gives authority over her body to her husband. And the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. You guys are one. You've given each other authority over each other's bodies. Okay? Do not deprive. Number five. Highlight it, ladies, because listen. We can always say we're tired, we're moody. We don't want to be touched. We've been touched by our kids all day. We've been poked. We've been prodded. We've breastfed. We've done this. We've, we, we've cooked dinner. We've homeschooled. We've worked nine to five. Listen, there's always uh, going to be an excuse as to why you can't. And it's imperative that you stay intimate. Imperative. Imperative. Trouble comes when you're separated too long. And that's why the Bible actually like goes into describing it. It's not like just a nonchalant verse that's like, you know, get with your husband, get with your wife. It's what you do when you're married, you know, Romans 8, 12, you know, it's actual several verses. And it says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree. For instance, when you're doing 
long periods of fasting or you're setting yourself aside to pray and, and really get direction on something and you guys are like, listen, you know, this week we're, we're, we're focusing on this right now. We're fasting, we're reading. This is what we're doing. We're going to refrain from this for these few days and then that's it. We're getting right back together. So do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together. Jesus is on something right here. <laughs> Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self control because of your lack of self-control so listen we can't use the excuse tired don't want to i don't feel attractive okay we'll do something about it everybody can do something about something that they don't like it's how bad do you want it i don't i don't i don't Eh, it's not the right time. I don't want this is in this is my this is my downtime. You know, whatever excuse that women have, hi Amber, all the time to stay away from their husband. And then, you know, it it I I, I just it's very few people that have a great sex life and marriage that then come with issues later. That's like you know, so-and-so, I caught them watching these types of movies, or I caught them looking at this, or I caught them wandering this, or they're, you know, starting to talk to this girl and, and this and that because they're getting fed what, they, what men need to hear, what wives need to hear. We need to hear that we're wanted. We need to hear that we're loved, and so do our husbands. They need to hear that they, you can't think of anyone else but them. They need to hear, I want you. They need to hear, I love you. They need to hear, I need you. We need to say these things to our husbands on a daily basis, on a daily basis. And so we're going to say, I will fulfill my husband's sexual needs. I'm going to lay down my rights to what I feel and I don't feel like doing. Intimacy, you, you, there's, that's the, what, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, you just don't go around. You can't do it with everybody. <laughs> it's like a joy that you get someone that's your best friend to be intimate with. So we're going to make that confession. We're going to see that the Bible says, listen, I'm not going to refrain from it. I'm not going to stay. I'm not a roommate to my husband. This is my husband. He and I are going to get together and we're, we're going to have it as a faith-filled confession over our life because when you turn that up and you turn that on that part of your marriage it does something it it does something to get you guys close it does something to keep you guys together it keeps him focused on that marriage keeps him focused on you so ladies whatever you have to do turn it up <laughs> Turn it up. All right. I am my husband's helper, a perfect fit for him. Denise says, intimacy is the barometer of our marriage. We need it to maintain a healthy marriage and relationship with our husband. That's right, Denise. Uh, next one, I am my husband's helper, a perfect fit for him. A perfect fit for him. 
God joined you two together. I pray that you prayed before, you know, you guys got together. I pray that, you know, God directed you to the one that you're married to and you're a perfect fit for each other. I tell Ted all the time, I don't know, I couldn't be married to anybody else. God had you just for me. You are a perfect fit for me. And he'll say the same thing to me. He'll come to me and be like, I could not be married to anybody else. And so that is a perfect fit. We're on the same page with that. And so Genesis 2.18 says, then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him, a helper who is just right for him. So there is somebody, if you are not married yet, just hang on to that verse. Just hang on to that because he made someone for you and he made someone that's just right for you. So it's better to wait and get the person that's just right for you than to do trial runs, do divorces, go through heartache, not marrying the right person. Just hold out. He's got somebody for you. He says right there in Genesis 2.18, I will make a helper who is just right for him. All right? Um, I will intentionally love my husband in his love language. I spoke briefly a little bit on this last week. A lot of us, we get into issues with our marriage because we're actually doing things for our husband for our husband, um, that's not his love language. And it's not that he doesn't appreciate it. It's not that he isn't like, oh, that's great, you know, but there's love languages for all of us. You know, I have my own, you know, we all have our own. And um, love languages for us that speak higher, that speak, that really like hit home for us, right? And you guys have ever read, I don't know if you haven't yet, but if, if you haven't, Look, look for the, the Five Love Languages book and, um, and see what it is. You know, Ted and I will often talk about this, what he sees mine is, what I see his is, and, you know, we're, we're right about it. And so our love language, you know, I know marriages where they are a good fit, but a lot of their problems and a lot of their arguments could be fixed by knowing the other person's love language. One person's doing something for someone else. It, it, it's, like, it's like the person is doing their love language for the other person. But see, that's your love language. It might not be theirs. So don't do your love language for your husband. Find out what theirs is. And then they'll find out what yours is, and then it works. And, and, and you know, because I'll know marriages, like I said, that little tweak would change so much because they're doing what their love language is for the other person and the other person doesn't receive it well. That's just, not, that's just not what moves them. It's not what speaks to them. It's not that they don't love the other person, but one of them is gonna trigger a lot more. One of them is gonna be a bigger help to you and your relationship uh, when you find out what that one is. So Proverbs 10, 12 says, Proverbs, Lots of Proverbs because Proverbs is awesome. Proverbs 10, 12 says, um, Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. So I will intentionally love my husband in his love language, 
because he makes because love makes up for all offenses. I know in Colossians 3:13 it says what? Make room, allow room for each other's faults. We all have faults. We all have things we have to work on. So we don't need to just constantly nag at our husband for him to fix everything. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Let's say, "Listen, Lord, what are some things that I can tweak. What are some things that I need to have an introspective look at myself and be like, what are some things that I could be doing better at? What are some reactions that I can, you know, put a put a lid on? What are some ways, what are some action steps that I can do to make this marriage better? And then if there's things that you truly see that need to be worked by your husband, pray. Pray to God. Pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to him. You know, if you tr you trust him as a man of God, you trust him as the head of your home, okay? So pray to God, who's ahead of him. The Holy Spirit will speak to him. And because, you know, we're all like this. Somebody we're close to tells us we need to change or tells us we need to do something. And what do we do? We just put our guard up and we're just, we don't do it because they asked. It's just like a subconscious thing. All of us do this. And instead of like saying, you know what? Because nobody likes to feel like they have fault in them, okay? And that's where pride jumps in. No one wants to feel like they're doing something wrong. So when a husband says there's a correction, you know, towards us, then we put up our, our barrier and we're just like, ah, you know? And so that's the same thing. Ask the Holy Spirit for changes. Ask the Holy Spirit for changes in you. Ask the Holy Spirit for changes in your husband as well. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, I don't have to read it all. I will be patient and kind towards my husband, not rude or keep a record of his wrongdoings. We have to be that wife. We have to be that wife. I'll be patient and kind towards my husband. I will not be rude and I will keep no record of wrongdoings. There has to be grace. There has to be mercy. There has to be forgiveness because that has been given to us by our Savior, okay? So we are going to be, I think I went over most of the ones. I know I'm, I'm wrapping up on time here, but I, I know that through our confession, having, you know, having these confessions is one thing, but actually um, putting them to use is what's going to strengthen our marriage beyond, beyond um, that we can think and imagine, beyond it. So we have to take these confessions, and I would add on to them every day, you know, last <clears throat> Last week when I did the broadcast on your role as a wife, I talked about some things that we can pray over our husband. Well, through our prayer, we can say confessions, and just throughout the day, we can say these confessions. You know, these are just a few. There's so many more that you can say over our spouse. And so I encourage you, take things that you've done today, take things that you've written down today, and then go and find them throughout the week and then attach Bible verses to them like we did. So as you're praying, as you're confessing, as you're believing, like we don't have to, it's funny, like a lot of Christians feel like they have to believe for something when stuff goes wrong. You know, I'm not waiting for me to have a fight in my marriage to then come to the Lord to figure out what God says about walking in love and self-control and, 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 a, and a, how to answer my husband and how to honor. No, I do it now so I don't have to go through those things. Or when something does pop its ugly head up to try to divide us, I will know what the Word of God says and I'm prepared, like I said at the beginning, the app that I've downloaded, I can pull out that information and then I can go after the enemy. 
I, I can go after, you know, what's trying to rear its ugly head and divide us. You know, it, it's, not, it, it's no mistake that the enemy tries to cause division because in unity, there's so much strength and power. There's so many things, you know, that are big coming up in our life and in my own life and in the ministry that the enemy would love to take us out. They would love to come and divide Ted and I. I just know it. I just know it. They would love, you know, things, things that have tried to come up, things that have tried to transpire, and you have to be ready. You know, the Bible talks about wearing the armor of God. It's not a choice. It says when you wake up, well, I'm saying when you wake up, but it says every day you should uh, put on the whole armor of God. We're not here to pick and choose pieces of the Bible that make us feel warm and fuzzy and, ooh, this sounds good, kind of like this. I like a little bit of this verse. I'm not sure about the second part after the comma, so I'm just going to uh, take the first part of the verse. That's what Christians do all the time when they dissect verses. They're like, I'm just going to take this part because it sounds good, makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. The other part, more of a correction part, but hey, you know, <laughs> then I don't want that. But no, correction from the word of God brings us direction. And the direction that God has for us is going to be the blessings of God on our life. It's going to be the blessings of God in favor on your marriage, on you as an individual, on your husband as an individual. So we're going to exercise. We're going to use our mouth in the upcoming weeks and the upcoming month and the upcoming year to exercise our faith and our confession over our marriages. We're only going to get stronger. This world's getting darker. This world's getting crazier. This world is going so far out of their mind and we're not going to be a part of it. We're not going to look like the world. We're not going to look like the world and our bodies. We're going to live in divine healing. We're not going to look like the world and our mouth because we're going to speak the goodness of God. We're not going to look like um, this world when there's crisis and gas is at an all-time high. Who freaking cares? You know, I go to the gas station and I got the biggest truck and it's over $100 every time I'm filling my tank up now. And I praise God and I thank Him and I laugh because it doesn't move me. God provided me. He, he, he's our provider. It's like, is he our provider or is he not? And I'm not trying to get on the subject, but these are the way, you know, we're not going to look like the rest of the world. And our bodies and our minds and our actions over our kids, and we're definitely not going to look like the world as what a wife represents. Look like a hot mess. And that's not what a woman of God looks like. A woman of God has her stuff together. Read Proverbs 31. I used to think it was out of my reach. I don't make my own clothes. I don't do this. But listen, you are a Proverbs 31. You are someone who provides for your family. You are, all right, you don't bring in a paycheck. That's what the world tells you. You're no good if you don't bring in a paycheck. Listen, are you providing stability in your family, in your kids' lives, in your husband's lives? Is he coming home to a home full of joy and peace and love if you're a stay-at-home mom? Is he coming home to kids who are well-behaved? Okay, so there you go. You're fulfilling, you're fulfilling that role. You don't need a paycheck. Your paycheck does not determine your worth, okay? Abiding, abiding by and living by what the Word of God does, it, Word of God does determine that. Don't worry about what the world says. We're not of this world. We're of a different kingdom. We're of a different kingdom. So we're going to declare our biblical confessions for our marriage, and we're going to have a good marriage. 
Thank you, Lord, for each and every woman that's listening to the broadcast today, who's listening on replay. Lord, we are women of worth. We're going to be desirable to our husbands. We're going to be graceful. We're going to be kind. We're going to be full of faith. We're going to be loving. We're going to provide a peaceful atmosphere in our home. We're going to set the tone properly in our home. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us a faith-filled confessions, a whole book, a whole book of the Word of God, of how we and our actions can be to produce great fruit in our marriage. And Lord, as we continue to speak over our husbands and speak over ourselves, we'll see the change that we want to see. We'll see God infiltrate our lives and our marriage like never before. We're going to live out these last days on earth. We're going to live them out happy. We're going to live them out excited. We're going to live them out in the best years we've ever had with our husbands. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies, for hanging out with me today. I love it. I wish you guys were all like sitting in front of me because then I can just hang out with you longer. But thank you. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for, I know this isn't one of those, ah, shout, run around the room. But you know what? It's what we need to hear. It's what's going to make our lives better. And don't we all want that? Don't we all want the best life that we can have on earth? And then we're not those stupid, trashy bumper stickers that's like, oh, everything is great is in heaven. And when I get there, I'll live a good life. I'll be happy. I'll be healthy. I'll be in joy. No, we're pulling down what's rightfully ours from the kingdom of God here into the natural from the supernatural. And we're going to operate on biblical principles that's going to get us to live heaven on earth today. I love you guys, and I'll see you on Friday. Have a great day midweek day. I'll talk to you later.